Hello and welcome to Out of Our League, the show where we interview cool people doing cool things. Uh, today we've got some amazing people on the panel here and a very special guest. I'm just going to go around and introduce everyone. So first off, we have in the top left-hand corner, the one, the only, it's Caesar Towers. How are you doing, Caesar? Thank you for so much for having me on, Ben. It's, uh, such an honor to have my own episode for once. Uh, <laughs> you talk to me and just... It's coming, buddy. It's coming. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> Oh, not today? Oh, no, oh. sorry. This is this is awkward. Yeah. Oh, oh well. well. How you doing? Oh, bye. No, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. <laughs> That's good, buddy. That's good. And in the top left-hand corner, uh, right-hand corner, uh, it is Philip J. Woodward. How you doing, Phil? I'm doing well. Thanks for coming on today, buddy. Absolutely. Wouldn't miss it. Oh, yeah. And our amazing producer for today in the bottom left hand corner it's mckenna hello hello how are you good good how you doing mckenna you good doing great even better now that we're all here together exactly this is gonna be a good one i've got a feeling I've got a feeling today is gonna be amazing and our very special guest for the day it is prince jackson from the award-winning nightlight podcast Woo! <laughs> the newly award-winning um, yeah thank you so much oh man it's absolutely insane thank you i appreciate you both all for having me honestly it's this is honestly really really cool i've been looking forward to this one. Oh, thank you discord so not pick up my show. applause like, did it just sorry <laughs> did it just cancel your applause this, out? Like, silence okay. applause was... in my head i felt it <laughs> <laughs> nothing nothing was coming through <laughs> Oh, Discord. It's amazing for its know. own good, I yeah. feel like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for people that don't know, Out of Our League is an interview show where we get to interview really cool guests. So um, Prince, I guess first we'd like to start off by just saying, first off, who are you? But then I guess secondly, I know you've got a fascinating story about how you've sort of got to where you've gotten to. So I also want to know how you've got to that place um, where you are at the moment. So first off, who are you and how you've got there would be amazing. Yeah, uh, well, I'm Prince. I host a show called Nightlight, a horror movie podcast, and I own a company called Goodnight Life. Um, it's uh, been a wild journey, <laughs> um, but I started probably Goodnight back in 2018, I want to say, um, maybe 17. 2017 sounds more appropriate, but it started off as just a basic blog um, where we kind of just wrote about whatever we wanted to write about um nothing in particular and it was just me for about a year and then about that second year after that i brought on two other writers um and i asked those two writers which were both ryan and freddie if they wanted to start a podcast and they were so into it we decided to start a podcast called Goodnight Podcast, which is no longer around anymore. But we started Goodnight Podcasts, and um, after a year of that, back in 2019, we decided that we wanted to make a, another show called Nightlight, and that was the birth of Nightlight, where we just talk about horror films. Because um, I'm a huge horror fanatic. Uh, probably have watched horror films ever since I was a, a wee child. Too young but, to watch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Too young to watch. Eyes just complete of gore. And I'm just like, oh, God, this is magnificently horrible. Um, but I kind of transitioned into that where we just talk about horror films and based off of a theme of each month. Um, and 
that theme can kind of drastically change to whether it's a part of the actual month itself. So, for example, for May, we were doing Mother's Day. Um, in June, we're going to be doing Pride Horror Month, um, where we cover actually um, queer horror films, which I'm like, super excited about. Um, and we're going to have a bunch of like uh, horror fanatics in the uh, LGBTQ community coming in on our show and having a lot of fun with that one. So that should be that should be a loss. But um, with that, we are now trying to think about what we want to do next because uh, we have grown quite a bit um, within this span. But it wasn't probably in. It's this sounds so shit. Oh, sorry. Can I cuss on this? I'm sorry. Yeah, go yes. for it. <laughs> Sounds so Fuck shitty. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Fuck it. Um I, I'm a fucking sailor, so that's why <laughs> oh, fucking same. <laughs> that's why I ask. Um, but uh this sounds super shitty, but twenty twenty was oddly a really good year for me. <laughs> I get no, I, I get it. I, I understand. To that. be fair, we wouldn't have this show or be doing what we're doing right now without twenty twenty, so <laughs> Right. There's right. no way in the world I would have met these people if it wasn't for 2020. Seriously. So I, I'm right there with you. Just whoa. <laughs> just so many different things have changed and moved around, I guess, with 2020 for myself. I became a father in 2020. That was very, very new. And I was like, okay, what's parenting? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then upon me becoming a father, uh, our podcast kind of, in a way, got a lot, lot more recognition um and i actually know the exact date the exact time when this recognition even happened um it was june 2nd of 2020 and it was at 12 37 p.m and the reason why i know that is because i framed that tweet i don't have it in here it's in my house <laughs> but uh <laughs> but with that it was pretty much bloody disgusting which is a another yeah. uh kind of horror blog i guess i mean they're popular as all hell so i'm sure y'all know <laughs> but bloody disgusting asked this tweet for um blackout tuesday of uh june 2nd where if anybody who were black you know had any horror content that they wanted to promote and they'll be promoting them the whole day um and i was the third person to reply to that tweet with my whole thing and uh it kind of took off like people i've never thought in a million years were commenting on it from people from fright racks uh, cavity color shutter uh blumhouse wow <laughs> uh yeah like what <laughs> um and it, even including jason blum himself like it, it was it was absolutely insane um and now these are people i call friends and um then about two days after that, Bloody Disgusting reached out to me personally and asked if uh, I wanted to join their network for Nightlight and said yes. And now we're there. And it's it's been a hell of a journey. We were able to fund this office. We were able to uh, kind of get some really cool stuff added to that and just a lot of fun growth that has been honestly above me. I don't even know how it happened, um, to be completely honest. and. Do I have imposter syndrome for it? Yeah, every day. I don't know if I truly deserve any of this, but hey, here we are. <laughs> so I'm riding the coaster. <laughs> well, you may not feel like you deserve it, but somebody clearly thought you did, and that's why you're here. And thank you. Just, just from talking to you right now, you totally deserve mm -hmm. this. You put in oh, the work for thank sure. You. You, thank you so yeah, much. Got great oh. energy. Absolutely. 100%. Thanks for joining <laughs> us, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 Welcome to my TED Talk. Thanks. 
So I I actually uh, am discovering you for the first time today. I'm yes. a huge fan of Bloody Disgusting. I've you know been reading that website for years, and I love horror films. And then to kind of stumble into the interview today, and you know kind of reading up and learning about who you are, um, I found out about Nightlight, and I am gonna go listen to like all the back episodes as soon as I can because I'm so excited to have like. I've never been able to latch on to like a horror podcast, um, you know, like a crew that uh, really got me excited. And just hearing you right now, like I am so excited to go delve into all this back content and oh, see awesome. what you guys are all about, because it's, you know, one of my favorite things. It's one of my passions. I absolutely love horror. And so, yeah, I'm excited to to check you guys out. And, and You're in for oh, a ride, Phil. Awesome. There's some great episodes, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Yeah, so it's, good. it's a lot of fun. It, it It is. And we do something very different from a lot of other horror film podcasts because you'll see a different type of podcast that will do it where they kind of bash on a lot of horror films, sometimes in a good way. Um, sure. But for us, we completely, it's like strictly through kindness and we understand that a lot of hard work goes into this. We do make it a point to say like, okay, that was a bad choice, but we also liked this instead. So it, it's very much like killing the films with kindness, if we will. But it's it's a lot of fun being able to chat about a whole entire film. Uh, we do spoil the whole movie. So like it kind of is, we're breaking it down scene by scene and discussing scene by scene. So fair warning on that but you're just selling um, me more <laughs> yeah i was I gonna it. say i'd rather i'd rather listen to the podcast about a movie than watch the horror movie that, that's fair and that's yeah. one of the reasons why we did it <laughs> you could either watch the movie ahead of time or watch it alongside whatever you want to do um actually a colleague of mine also a friend a really good friend um named drew he comes to the, our our studio as our live audience every every saturday um and when he's here he actually watches the movie in silence alongside us while we're talking about scene by scene and he oh. loves doing it that oh, way wow. and it's actually really fascinating how on par we are with the actual movie itself hey, while he's watching oh, so it's cool. almost like and a watch along pretty much yeah pretty much so it's really really cool to kind of see it counteract with each other but it's uh it's a lot of fun like we do chat about a lot of um pretty interesting films where we try our best to incorporate a lot of different type of horror films um, mm -hmm. because the podcast itself started as a way to have people branch out a little bit more um, out of the triple A style of horror films to where they can kind of be more apparent on, um, I guess, strictly for those uh, horror films that are more deeper cuts and that aren't discussed too often or maybe you remember it and you're just like oh holy shit yeah i totally want to revisit that again um those are the types that we actually typically try to go towards like i want to say our pride of horror month are all deep cuts except for maybe one which is probably considered a deep cut um which is the bride of frankenstein um but how many people have actually seen a 1935 film <laughs> the bride of frankenstein which has the most fantastic amount of lesbian horror inside of it it's absolutely wonderful but um so yes i i can go on and on and on about horror which i'm pretty sure we probably might this whole episode <laughs> yeah to be fair i just watched a dump here just recently so the nice. old 19 
is it probably right around the same time like yeah, right around 30s <laughs> yeah yeah so. have you have you checked out a film 1922 i want to say this one is uh called freaks um it uh no probably the most Wait. abhorrent uh i don't even know how to really truly explain it um it's about this circus that yes has... yes okay it's where the Perfect. the uh this is us or like one of us comes yes. from Yes, yes. At 100%. I always yes. I always reference that because most people think it's from The Simpsons. No, nope. uh, one of us. Yeah, yes, <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's actually from a movie. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. It's a great Heck movie. Yes. It, it, is, it, is, it is very interesting in some ways hard to watch, but 1922, yeah, you never would have thunk it. <laughs> no, especially watching it with, with the audio design and stuff like that. How did they even do it as well as oh. they did it back then? I don't know. Um, uh, absolutely incredible the, stuff. It's it's quite terrifying, and, and the murder yeah. scenes are, are also quite horrific in some ways as well. They're actually, they make guns scary. Yeah. <laughs> they make guns um, scary. <laughs> there's, there's a bunch of stuff in, in old school film that I always find really interesting. Um, there's not a lot of, like, behind-the-scenes magic that you get to see for a lot of those older films anymore. But, yeah. like, seeing a, a film where someone's arm gets popped off or something... And it goes from like a quick shot of the person to a cut to a dummy, and then the arm like popping off <laughs> out of the socket or whatever. Like stuff like that is just so cool to me. Um, because, it's great. You know... Go ahead. Oh no, I was just saying it's great. It, it's yeah. fantastic. I yeah, I and just absolutely agree with you. You think about all the amazing tools we have today um, for doing special effects and things like that, and somebody can work out of their bedroom. But like back then. They literally just had the camera and their ideas on how to put these things together. So it's like, well, we can't actually cut his arm off. So how do we get his arm <laughs> off in the scene? It's like, oh, what if we took a dummy and popped his arm out? Like, and you know, some of those Flawless. that stuff was used today still. Um, it's just really cool. I love it. I think uh, not a horror movie, but um, oh man, uh, Christian Bale, um, American Psycho. No, no, it's uh, the movie where he plays like a servant of the law and there's no emotion uh um, oh batman <laughs> <laughs> oh my god this is gonna not bug wrong me. <laughs> yeah no you're not you're not wrong um but in that movie uh, equilibrium that's that's uh, yes. oh, yeah, okay. yeah. the director yeah. used people that um that you know like maybe didn't have a right arm or didn't have a leg and like put prosthetic limbs on them so that he could Right. actually break them within the scene and use them as like a physical prop um you gotta love like it. such a crazy idea you gotta yeah. love it uh, uh fide alvarez did something similar to this where he had a scene inside of um evil dead the remake of 2013 great movie. where he it is it's absolutely fantastic um where he he ended up taking the scene out and scrapping the scene, which he actually slightly used cuts of that scene inside of Don't Breathe, which I thought was also oh, fantastic. Interesting. Um, yeah, super interesting. But it pretty much is, um, her name was Mia in the movie, but um, where her leg gets sliced by some type of a knife slash machete sure. thing. But for him, it, it just didn't make sense. He was just like, I don't know where I got this machete from. I just thought it was cool. So we filmed it. <laughs> but <laughs> so I was like, that sounds great. I mean, hey, um, he's a great guy. He's super fantastic to talk to as well. He's, he's just he's just a wealth of knowledge. I don't know if you guys have seen his new show called Calls. It's no. on Apple TV. It 
has it honestly it's pretty much a visual podcast and it's just about these phone calls where people are either calling the cops or they're calling their significant other and something's happening to them while they're calling them where there was one story where she thought she was seeing her boyfriend but it turns out that it was someone who looked like him and then it switched around to where it seemed like he was seeing her but yet they were in completely two different areas and Mm. it is so good and so eerie and so i'm getting goosebumps just even thinking about it because it's probably one of the coolest things i've seen in a very long time and Every story is insanely compelling, and ha- he has a wealth of different actors on it. Pedro Pascal's in there. Like, it, it's, oh, it's wow. absolutely fantastic, the amount of people and talent that he has working on this. And they're beautiful. Like, you don't have to watch the screen. You can just play it in the background. But um, he has, like, the little wavelengths and things like that playing for the calls. But the way he does it, it's... <laughs> It kind of looks like the old iTunes equalizer. <laughs> it's yeah, like I'm, I'm looking. At, I'm looking at the trailer for it right now, and it's really fascinating. Karen Gillan's in this. Yes, Karen Gillan's in this. Yes, it. It is absolutely incredible. It. It is so incredibly well and done. It is absolutely insane. I would highly suggest it. If you don't have an Apple TV Plus, um, like subscription or anything, definitely opt in for a free trial just so you can watch that because it's a really quick watch about eight to ten episodes 15 12 minutes each oh wow i mean everyone should be watching ted lasso as well at the same time anyway so you should definitely get that subscription yeah and mythic quest and the Surgeon. oh yes yeah, season two <laughs> it's coming season two. Oh my gosh can't wait oh, I, yeah the trailer for that show calls is very suspenseful <laughs> it's very yeah, I haven't I haven't invested in Apple TV yet. This is making me want to. So. Oh, there's some really good content on there. <laughs> some real good. Content. Is it defending Jacob? That's a really good one too, actually. Yeah, it's yeah, Chris defending Evans. Jacob's yeah. on there. Yeah, well. my my Apple wife TV. watched that. Mm. That's a oh, really good really one. Good. That's mm. a really really good one. If you're a fan of true crime and things like that, that that's a fun one that keeps you on your toes. And uh, speaking of true crime, Mindhunter might be coming back, which <gasps> is absolutely insane to me. And I. I was trying to speak to one of the writers on that show a little bit more about what they're where they wanted to go with season three, but now I'm glad I didn't since it might be coming back. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah Mindhunter was a really cool show. Um, uh, we were talking with Raul Coley um, not too long ago. Oh, great and guy. Yeah, he's amazing. Um, but we were talking to him about like serial killers because he wants to play one someday um ah, and he was talking nice. about how great mind hunters was and uh how well they recreated each killer every time they would like interview one of them on the show and the yeah. actor would you know not only reproduce their look but their mannerisms and the way they spoke and, and whatnot it was just a really cool deep dive um with him just for you know uh, a little bit into that show but yeah oh, that show's awesome. amazing I should a write a movie for him I, I should if he wants to there be a serial killer because there, there is a movie that I, I've been playing around in my head um, where it's a Buffalo Bill type character, but you only follow him. So it's kind of like a man oh, bites dog or man bites dog, I guess, um, Giallo style film. But uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm thinking about it, thinking about it, seeing, seeing what I could work into that. That's awesome. I'll uh, keep my, my ears out. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. So, oh, oh go, go ahead. No, I was going to ask, like, so you, you clearly watch a lot of horror movies. Is there, like, 
a type of horror movie that you flock to, like a type of horror movie that you like, or or, or you, would you Great say like question. you're a fan of like the high production stuff or like the weird, wacky, like crazy Thanksgiving type stuff? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's interesting, and this is a weird weird thing to say, but I'm into all of it. Um, extremity, uh, gore. I just like to see w- what people's minds are working with, um, and. I really, really enjoy that aspect of just different types of horror in general. And don't get me wrong, I actually really enjoy AAA horror as well. Like, I, I think it's actually really well done. And just, uh, it's cool to see horror have a budget because you don't mm-hmm. see it often. And when you see horror have a budget, you get things like It Chapter One or Hereditary. Well, even Hereditary didn't have a huge budget, but it had a bigger than a, a low budget horror film. But um, you get aspects of that and it's really cool to see things happen that way um but i i love i love diving into the decades of horror where you have a a very i guess poignant time of where what took over that decade so for example since I, I grew up in the 90s. Um, I didn't really start getting into horror until the 2000s. So in the 2000s, we had so many different aspects of things, um, which a lot of people tend to bash on the 2000s being a very terrible time for horror, but I beg to differ. Um, where you had the remake booms for the slashers. Um, you had uh, torture porn, a lot of it. <laughs> a lot of it. <laughs> In some ways, maybe a little much, but hey, we got all the saws, and Spiral is also amazing. But um, you got that, and then you also got like uh, the Eastern to Western Asian horror, where everything was just being remade for a Western audience for uh, that was happening in the East, that they've made fantastic films like One Miss Call or The Grudge or uh, The Ring and things like that, and we got to kind of be in the, on the joy of that. But Beyond all of that, you also had uh, the French extremity scene that was happening in France that nobody knew what was going on <laughs> because we didn't really have the internet. Well, we have the internet, but we, it wasn't like how it is now. Not everyone's talking about it and flocking to it. It was really hard to find unless you had like a Fangoria subscription or something like that. And Fangoria oh, wasn't God. even around at that time. But still, it's uh, it's fascinating. But French ext- extremity was probably the coolest time for me where you had high tension and uh martyrs and all this whole other stuff that just kind of came out at that time but uh then you had the swedish um vampire boom as well which you got one of the best vampire films of all time let the right one in and it's uh it's a lot of things that i flock to that i really really love um i could say what i don't flock too much that takes me a little bit of effort like i gotta like roll out of my bed (laughs) for this one um but uh, put it out there zombies for me zombies are just Uh. such a tired genre um and don't get me wrong i actually i really really like that new zombie uh, flick army of the dead i really enjoy it and i like most of them i like train to busan I, i like uh Gosh, I love Night of the Living Dead. I, I love Shaun of the Dead. Like I, I actually really enjoy them. It's just for me, I just I Concept feel like tired. there's not much to do with the zombie genre, and I really want to see something different with the zombie genre. Mm-hmm. And 
the only thing that I've gotten that was different was the crazies. And I haven't seen anything that different since then because the crazies has just and that was a remake yeah <laughs> that was 2010 and that, that was a remake of of the other one which didn't have any correlation to zombies at all but uh the remake itself for me was just like gosh i absolutely loved the crazies and just because it's such a different telling of a zombie story and i think that's what i want i want a different telling of a zombie story but We'll see. That was literally the movie that popped into my head when you were talking about the remake kind of boom in the 2000s. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's one of those movies that I literally watch once a year. Um, so just good. because I enjoy that movie so much. Um, now, it might be some of the cast, you know, but <laughs> it's also fair. a very good movie. <laughs> That's fair. It's a, it's a fantastic I, cast. I totally get what you mean about the the zombie genre being tired and like tropey and just like nothing imaginative coming out of it. There every once in a while you get something like I what was it Fido, um, Fido's so, you know fun. something like that. Yeah, um, where it's like someone trying to do a different idea and it works in some ways but maybe not in others. Um, but yeah, yeah it's definitely like warm hard. Bodies. Warm bodies. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah. Every once in a while you get, but that's like one in every like thirty zombie movies that come out every year. <laughs> that is true i mean it's cool to see like how some people correlate zombies to moving fast or moving slow sure. and what's scary what what isn't um but i think for me i really love i i love when they correlate both vampires and zombies and kind of mesh them into one like something like 30 days of night that's or, yep. uh mm -hmm. something like that to where I, or even i would even classify like um gosh uh I'm blanking out on it, but it's with uh, Tilda Swinton and also Tom Hiddleston or Middleston. Um, Lover something, uh, but I'm blanking out on the official name. But that movie even kind of felt sort of zombie-esque because the way that they treated blood was very much of as, a, as an addiction versus a thirst. Um, and I thought that was very clever. So it's it's interesting. It's very interesting, but will i be watching like you know more zombie flicks yeah absolutely i'm gonna support horror no matter what but uh but even it's a struggle to watch said, it it, it like, can be sometimes sometimes yeah. sometimes and like i said i have fun with them i really do enjoy them it's just for me i'm just i leave that feeling like like eh, seen it kind of before though like yeah, it can like, be very formulaic uh, yeah right <laughs> yeah it can be and and i actually even get that way with a24 and um I might get, you know, strewn on the cross for this one. But yeah. <laughs> hot the take. Horror, everybody <laughs> in the horror community is watching this right now, so watch what you're saying, you know? Exactly, exactly. So this is for all of you. Uh, but <laughs> uh, A24 horror, I feel like it can be some of the most formulaic horror sometimes. And it's mainly to kind of fit an A24 mold. Is that a problem? No. There's no problem in that. Mm -hmm. I actually love A24 horror films. They're probably one of the most expertly crafted horror films in my opinion but a24 does this thing where they like to and it's funny because i have friends at a24 um, <laughs> but they like to pick and choose which horror they want to promote more um and um it's unfortunate because you you do have some that kind of get swept under the rug that are fantastic horror films like hereditary they promote it to shit they were like this is going to be our star then midsummer came out and they're like this is going to be our star <laughs> then saint Maud, this is going to be our star now the green knight this is going to be our star but 
you're throwing things in, I would even say the witch and uh, the lighthouse, throw those in there too, why not? Um, but you would kind of get these other ones that are thrown at the wayside, like Climax or um, Beneath the Skin um, or, gosh, there's so many. <laughs> uh, in Fabrics. Yeah, I'm on, the, it's just like I'm the on their website right now. And there's and a lot. On and on. And there is. There's so many. And uh, I would even say um, it comes at night. You know, like these are horror films that don't really get that A24 love that a lot of these other films do. And uh, they do that with horror and they do that, honestly, with even their genre, their uh, drama line and things like that, um, which sucks. It, it really sucks. Like Last Black Man of San Francisco, 100% should have been promoted in the same way more, way like, more, way, way more. But in the same capacity that, um, gosh, what was the other one that came out around the same time? I'm kind of blanking out. Um, Midsummer. Oh. Midsummer should come around the same time. But it was it was actually a kind of a similar story, but it was the one that was based in China. Mm. Blank um, name, but I don't know. It was with, the souvenir? Uh, no. No, it was with um gosh, I'm not the biggest fan of her, so I I, I tend to forget her name, but I think her name's Aquafina. Is that her name? Oh like Aquafina. Yes. Yes. Okay, you yes, know what yes, I'm talking yes. about? Yes. I, I, I can't remember the name of the movie, but it, it and it wasn't a that wasn't a bad movie. I, I like that movie, but they promoted that movie way more than they did the last Black Man of San Francisco, and that was uh that was quite unfortunate to me. But um, we'll see, we'll see what else kind of comes down the pipeline. I mean, they're promoting the Green Knight to absolute hell, and then, and I'm stoked for that. I love that. I I'm very excited for the Green Knight. Um, I think this is going to be a really really great story and just very fun to watch and. Also, thank you, A24, I should say this. And to preface, I, I, I am being sent to see that movie from A24. So thank you, A24. I appreciate you. Um, <laughs> thank yeah. you, A24, but we fix your formatting. God damn. So, <laughs> thank you, but fix it. <laughs> so real quick, uh, the Tom Hiddleston film is Only Lovers Left Alive. There it is. Because it was yes. going to bug me until I remembered. <laughs> so I had to look Only it up. Only Lovers Left Alive. Yes, that's absolutely it. That was a great movie. And then the Aquafina movie is The Farewell. The Farewell. I was I was thinking of The Apology, but I was like, that's not right. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> you said China, and then you alluded to a female actress, and I was going to say Scarlett Johansson. But... <laughs> You mean Ghost in the Shell? No, <laughs> no it's because there was that thing where people were getting mad at her because she was playing an Asian actor, a Asian character, uh, or like something. That's that's Ghost like? in the Shell. That's the the joke. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. was it. Oh no, gosh, I'm glad I'm glad we're starting to see a beautiful shift in that to where. Oh yeah, we're like um, more people of color being represented accurately. Yes, instead of that is beautiful. Scarlett Johansson just taking any female character in a movie. Yeah, we're fucking tired of it. Stop it. <laughs> Sit your ass down for a second. Let's give somebody else the light. Um, yeah, it's it's beautiful seeing like all of this just kind of be shaped into just a whole different aspect of film and, and another way to tell different stories. I, I absolutely love that because you you get that a lot with uh, even particularly in horror where Dr. Sleep, for example, the main character being a black child um, and that just automatically tells a different story of of just so many different aspects of her being black or 
even if you want to take it into Get Out or something like that. And it's super fascinating seeing stories that are driven that way and that are kind of taken to another level just by adding an, an extra sense of uh, storytelling when it comes from someone who doesn't understand the shoes that they're fitting in. So it's it's really, really cool just to see that aspect. And even if you don't truly deeply involve race into it, it still tells a different story because you don't understand what type of shoes they're in unless you are also in their shoes. So it's it's super fascinating. And Doctor Sleep being one of my favorite horror movies of all time, um, definitely I can gloat on and on and on about my... Edris just absolutely killed it. I, I had to tweet her after the after I watched it the second time because, man... fantastic. So fantastic. good. Yeah. I, I've seen Doctor Sleep, oh my God, four times in theaters. And uh, when it came out, on blu-ray i bought the blu-ray i don't even have a blu-ray player like my my playstation 4 sure that counts but playstation 5 got a disc list we were good to go there so i technically don't really have a blu-ray player but uh with me even having the blu-ray set i rebought it again on apple then i bought it again on amazon and then i bought it again on youtube why did oh, i do that awesome. i don't know i just i just know so much i love doctors that's so good at least yeah, they're getting watching, the money watching the little girl become like those different characters oh. for someone so young just blew my mind like Jeez. it was insane um so good so good yeah that yeah. cast is just the whole the cast is just incredible the whole cast oh yeah Absolutely. the whole cast is bananas and the way flanagan finds his cast is just absolutely incredible mm-hmm. and and it, it's great because i mean and, and you guys have spoken to rahul cooley but uh when having rahul cooley on hunting a blind manor and and then transitioning to him incorporating his wife um still katie siegel and also incorporating the absolute chameleon um i think her name is ann parker and she is almost in and i'm not even kidding she i can probably name only two films that she's not in from mike flanagan but she's in every single mike flanagan film and i want to say her name is annie parker but i would have to look that up to to fact check myself but it is she is an absolute chameleon and i'm looking it up right now because i'm just like i need to make sure he's definitely got his crew now eh? he's kind of like um nolan you know where he yeah. loves bringing in certain people it's it's really good to see but he's so special and unique the way that he directs it's just i don't know the stories that he maybe picks or helps develop as well they're always something a little bit different and that's what i love going from haunting of hill house to you know obviously bly manor completely right. different stories it's unreal like it's yeah. so good. It, it gets me really excited. Uh, K- Katie Parker, that's her name. Excuse yeah. me, Katie Parker. Um, but she's in everything, and she looks different in everything. Mm-hmm. And it's insane how she does this and the way she acts, the, her mannerisms. And she started in a very low-budget film of his in 2011 called Absentia. And... Um, I watched this when it was on YouTube as a bootleg in 2011, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And it actually looks like something that should be on YouTube, but it's just very well done. It's on <laughs> Shutter if you guys want to check it out. But um, he made it for, got a measly like 70k or something like that. And um, by him making with such a low budget in his own apartment, that's actually currently being rented out right now in Los Angeles, but in his own apartment. Um, it's just 
he did everything just very DIY with his brother, and it, and then that kind of changed into him going into doing Oculus, and from Oculus, or excuse me, not even Oculus first, it was Ouija, Origin of Evil, then Oculus, and then getting all these uh, uh, projects, Hush, and then, gosh, I can I can gloat on and on and on about Mike Flanagan for the rest mm. of my life, but <laughs> it, it is super fantastic to see how he incorporates his his actors and how he has so much trust in his actors and his crew. It's beautiful. Uh, I was really excited to hear that Raul was going to get another shot to be in one of his, you know, pieces with uh, Midnight Mass. I'm I'm so excited. The way he talks Uh, about that too, man, I just, I know, (laughs) know, you you can kind of sometimes tell when people are talking about their upcoming projects and, and, you can always tell when someone's that passionate about it that it's going to be something special. I think we're in for a good time there. It's going to be oh yeah, something amazing. I'm very mm. excited for Midnight Mass. I've I've been excited for Midnight Mass before it was even announced as a show. It was it was uh, teased as a book inside oh. of Hush, oh. and um, it was the book that Maddie Young, what? the main character, which is also Katie Siegel, it was the book that she was writing um, during Hush, and um, she finished the book with seven to eight different endings i believe that's what the the whole premise of that book was that story how do you end a story is it's pretty much that was the main thing um and with that you see the book again in gerald's game and the book is actually sitting on the banister right above right above her while she's on the bed and it says midnight mass um so I've been excited for Midnight Mass for a long time, and I've always, ever since Hush, I've always knew I was like, he's gonna make this a movie, guaranteed. I was wrong. He made it a show, but that's okay. I was close enough. <laughs> <laughs> it makes, yeah. I didn't even make that connection until you said it right now, and then I'm like, wait a second, you're fucking right. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I'm so stoked about Midnight Mass and. God, everything he's doing, like even the teen slasher that he's make, making soon from Christopher Pike. Oh my God, I I just I cannot wait. Anything he touches for me is just gold. Mm, gold. That's awesome. And that actually leads into a great community question from uh, Kumail H on Twitter, and he asks, "What got you into horror? Like, what was Oof. it that drew you in?" Oh man, that's a great question. Um. I think what got me into horror was seeing how diverse it was. Um, just you can tell a story in so many different ways. I, like I said earlier, I, I watched horror at a really, really young age. And upon me watching horror at such a young age, like I was terrified of them. I, just, I mm-hmm. didn't know why I was watching them. I didn't know why I was attracted to them. But I would find myself in the blockbuster aisle like being absolutely enthralled by the covers of all of these boxes on on vhs tapes and i was just like huh these are so cool did i ever rent any of them no like i I never did but um seeing like jack frost or um april fool's day which to me is still one of the most iconic posters to me that not too many people talk about probably because the movie's not great but (laughs) her hair is a ponytail that makes a noose and she has a knife on her on like hiding behind her back and she's walking towards a a crowd of people but um just seeing all those covers it's always been something about that section i would spend 
literally hours in there because my mom used to own a uh, cafe that was right next door to a blockbuster. And I would just go there, look at the covers. That was it. That's all I would do. I would just look at the covers. I would just hang out in Blockbuster. Um, it, it got to a point where, because I, di- I didn't grow up in the best neighborhood, but uh, it got to a point where like they would get robbed almost daily. And like my mom was just like, yeah, you're not going to go over there anymore by yourself. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was, I was pretty bummed at that. But like every night when she was done, I would always ask, like, can we go to Blockbuster? Like, I, I, you know, just just to like spend 10 minutes or so to like look at look at box covers. Well, it got to the point where uh, she allowed me to rent one of them. Um, and I have an older brother who, who's seven years older than me. And um, he, his only thing was like the only way I could watch him is if he's watching them with me. Well, he loved to scare the shit out of me. Yeah. Um, so he loved it. Um, so he would tr- scare me all the fucking time because of these horror films. But yet, I've loved them. And I didn't necessarily like being scared. And I still, to this day, don't like being scared. I, I am not a fan <laughs> of being scared. <laughs> um, and the horror films now don't scare me anymore. I've, I've become very desensitized to horror. But, um, like, if you want to put me inside of a haunted house like and not a real haunted house i just mean a fake one where it's a haunted attraction mm. um yeah i'm not going like <laughs> I, I don't like being scared so that's that for me it, it's a very interesting perspective i guess to for me like with like horror nights and stuff like that like i don't like doing any of that kind of stuff um i like my horror to be i guess not truly felt <laughs> uh, like I don't like roller coasters or anything like that. Um, and roller coasters are mainly that's a phobia of mine. It's just, yeah, fuck roller coasters. But uh, roller coasters and water is like my main like no nos. <laughs> but <laughs> when I started really truly getting into horror was probably probably high school because um, I would. <laughs> I would get bootleg copies all the time, and it was the only way I can get horror that no one's ever heard of. So, like, it was how I've seen Trick or Treat back in 2007. It was how I was able to see um, Martyrs and um, High Tension and things like that. That was the only way I can do it. It was only, and with Martyrs and High Tension, since they were bootleg copies, they didn't have subtitles. So I watched them in French, <laughs> and I had no idea what they were talking about, but the horror, like, everyone understands screaming and terror, and, like, you understand the story, ultimately, of what's going on just by these images that are showing on screen. So, like, for me, if those movies were just dead silent with no dialogue, I would understand 100% the whole story. Um and it wasn't until college is when people really started trying to, like, dare me to watch certain horror films because I was so desensitized. Um, and they would try to dare me to watch, like, pretty obscene things like Human Centipede at the time was the most obscene thing for them. So I watched it, and I was like, that actually wasn't that bad. It was kind of funny. Um, so I made them watch it, and I locked the door. Um, <laughs> and... Um, we watched Humans and Beat all together, but they also I found some really cool gems about them just scouring the internet in the darkest places of the web to find these horror films. And I got that's this is where I got to see the Poughkeepsie tapes um, for the first time in college, and uh, I got to see The Devils um, and Cannibal Holocaust and things like that. Like I I saw all these films, 
in college because I was dared to watch them. And we just would torrent them at the time. But, um, gosh, you guys remember that? Torrenting? Wow. <laughs> Man, talk about Remark. aging ourselves. But um, Get your BitTorrent tokens today. <laughs> uh, leeches, leeches everywhere. <laughs> um, so when I would watch things like that, I, I, I it, for me, I was just like, wow, this opened my whole mind up to so much so many different types of horror films that were out there at the time and i was just like i had no idea that like especially movies from the 70s like with with the devils um 1977 i believe that one came out and it was so obscene and and it honestly isn't even that bad it's a beautiful movie it's ken ken russell and uh it's it's more so blasphemy if you're if you're catholic or christian or of some type of religious faith but it is more so of that when you would watch it you're just like wow this is beautiful like every aspect is just shot beautifully like the the acting is impeccable and the feeling is there and you really felt it and then then you would show me something like cannibal holocaust and just like i mean that wasn't that bad until years later i found out where it's just like oh cool they used real animals to kill great no more not watching that one uh <sighs> Yeah, that that destroyed me when I found that out. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? They used real animals. I would have been more appreciative if they just killed the humans. Like, <laughs> not the animals, please, leave them. I, Fine. So, so yeah. uncomfortable whenever I hear actual, like, death happen. Yeah. Like that, that Lemmings thing from Disney. Yeah. Like, have you heard about this? Or, yes, like, where they just they, pop them off the cliff. Like they, there was this like old Disney movie where they said like lemmings are very suicidal and they will just jump off of a cliff and kill themselves. No, they push when them off the cliff. They push them <laughs> they, off the cliff. It's like Milo and Artist that broke my heart growing up. That was like one of my favorite movies. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, so devastating. It's, it's absolutely horrendous when they do things like that. And even in the eighties, they did do they pushed the lines. They didn't kill any animals, but they did push the lines where um, they would like, uh, I guess in some ways lightly make the animals feel uncomfortable um to give off of certain performance like uh john carpenter's the thing for perfect example where there's a scene with all the dogs and the dogs um they're put in that situation where they're spraying them with the hose which is just water but at the same time those dogs are not enjoying that and you can 100 percent tell they are not having a good time (laughs) yeah i love that movie but yeah that scene is always a little hard i Anytime there's an animal, like you were just saying, being forced, like whenever I see a horse in a scene and like they're doing some sort of stunt and you see that horse literally fall over. Yeah. Like horses uh, are not supposed to fall. They're 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 not too keen on lying on their bellies. It's really hard for them to get up. And a lot of them can break their legs trying to get back up, too. Yeah. So it's stuff stuff like that. Whenever whenever you're doing something with an animal that it's not meant to be doing, those are always kind of hard to watch. Um, Yeah. Even if it's not even like, you know, a, a movie that should be that way. Like, it could be the, right. you know, like, whatever nicest movie you've ever seen. But this one thing, like, happens to the horse. And I'm like, no, why? Why would you put the horse through all that stress? <laughs> yes, exactly. And but, it's one of the reasons why I love Reanimator so much. Because they use a very clearly fake puppet cat. And a lot of people complain about it. But I'm just like, I would much rather a fake cat than a real one going yeah. through the things that it has to go through because the way jeffrey combs is swinging that cat around 
I would not want that to happen to a real cat. <laughs> Please don't use a real cat. It's one of the reasons why most of the films that I've been thinking about uh, to write myself do not involve animals at all because I just I, think I, I would don't like know to see how to do that. I would like to see a movie where it like the way the camera and the editing is set up, like it'll show an animal and you think like something's horrible is going to happen to the animal. Yeah. And then like the, the serial killer just runs by, sees the dog and he just pets the dog and he just keeps running. It's just, <laughs> it's like, it's just nothing happens to the pet. It's just like, it's like, Oh, <laughs> and then that's it. Nothing, nothing horrible happens. It's just like acknowledgement that the, the animal's cute. And then just go, just keep going. Once Another... again, Mike Flanagan does great stuff with animals. Like he, he <sighs> makes it seem like the animals about to be put in this terrible situation, and they just come back. And I love it. I yeah. love it. <laughs> yeah. Another one is Apocalypse Now, the scene yeah. with like the the water buffalo or whatever. Um, oh my god. I guess from what they say, like that was something that was already going to happen, and it wasn't part of the film at all. They just decided to film it and put it in the movie. But still, like, oof. Yeah, just oof. like that. That shouldn't be for anyone's entertainment. No. That's 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 my whole thing, where it's just seeing animals get hurt or put in stress, stressful situations shouldn't be for anyone's entertainment, for sure. Like, that's just... Yeah, because, I mean, not, at least... That's not fun. Yeah, at least the actors have a choice. Like, they, they make the right. decision to put themselves through this, you know, crazy whatever, whether it's, like, you know, getting covered in goop or, like, doing a crazy right. stunt or, you yeah. know, whatever. Like, they're choosing to do that. And then sometimes, you know, if you even go back a little bit, sometimes they didn't. Where you wow. had, uh, gosh, like in The Shining, Stanley Kubrick didn't give much choices for, um, gosh, what's her name? I'm blanking out so hardcore. But in The Shining, um, he Jack Nicholson wanted to perform that scene of breaking the door down. And she wasn't involved in that. She had no idea about that happening, and that was true terror of when Shelley that Duvall? door came. Thank you, oh, yes, yeah, Shelley Duvall. <laughs> um, and when when that door just came breaking down, like it's just she was so scared, and like the whole knife thing and things like that. She was doing that because she was like, I have no idea what to do. I'm just trying to now protect myself. <laughs> like you're just like, what the fuck? And he put her through those really horrible situations. But even if you if you go to William Friedkin, like. My God, like he, beautiful director, but at the same time, like in The Exorcist, God, like he put that poor little girl, Linda Blair, at the time, like just in terrible situations, a contraption to have her flip back and forth. When she calls out to her mom, she's literally calling out to her mom because the machine's hurting her and oh. it broke her spine. And yeah. that's in the that's in the film. If you watch The Exorcist. You were watching a little kid's spine get broken um, when the mom in the movie gets thrown to the wall. She literally hits her head. That is still in the film. They kept that. So, like, and he would do things to bring out fear in people in such very interesting ways where he would want them to have a type of emotion where he would literally fire off a gun in the air just so he can get a jump scare Reaction. a literal jump scare out of them and it would just jesus like it, it's, it's yeah. for some people yeah that's just, messed up that's yeah that's far like that is really really far and and um a lot of people would say things about like alfred hitchcock and and um how he would do things but uh it i think it came out very recently where one of the old actresses from birds from the birds um came out was just like no like 
if I if I didn't want to be in a room full of birds, he wouldn't let me be in a room full of birds. Like it was like maybe three birds max, and he computer generated other ones to to well not computer generated, but he would like copy other ones Off to be in, in there with her. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So like, yeah. um, she was comfortable in those situations where the whole myth was that she was in a phone booth with real birds and getting actually scratched and things like that. And she came out like maybe two years ago. It's like, no, that, that never happened. I, I totally trusted Hitchcock and his methods. And he never once made me feel like I was in danger or anything like that. And I was like, hmm, all right. I mean, I don't know if anyone's paying her to stay silent or what, but still like that, that's what she <laughs> said. So we're going to take the actress. I mean, for it. he's gone now. So why, why, right, lie about why it? would you hide it? Yeah, why would you hide it? So it's 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 interesting kind of seeing how all that plays through and I guess maneuvers its way down the spinal cords of uh, horror in general and just in that whole vein. And I appreciate you bringing me. up that kind of stuff as well just because I had no idea. I think it was your tweet yeah. this week or last week about the Jeepers Creepers director, I believe it was, oh with some of that God, horrible stuff there. started looking into that, and I was exactly. shocked. That was... Wait, whoa, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so... Victor Salma is a fucking disgusting pig. Mm. Um, So I recently (laughs) had a tweet that went viral, um, and rightfully so, I guess. But uh, this tweet was uh, calling out Victor uh, Salva from Jeepers Creepers, because Jeepers Creepers all of a sudden was trending on Twitter. And everyone was praising this movie like crazy when I was going through it, and not one person mentioned how disgusting Victor Salva was. And... Uh, I posted the tweet, not saying what he did, uh, because I didn't want any trigger warnings on on the things, but uh, trigger warning for everyone else listening, um, this does involve uh, children, uh, but he molested children, um, and he is a, he was a sentence pedophile. Uh, He actually got charged with pedophilia, and with his pedophilia and also copies of child pornography and things like that. Um, he also had uh, filmed it, and it's it was filmed for one of his movies. Um, I'm blanking out what movie it is, but it was filmed for one of his movies, and that's uh that's that. Um, and it's it's interesting because he even makes jokes about it in Jeepers Creepers, and like there there's a, a joke in there where <laughs> they mentioned some girl who's totally a high school kid. Um, but like it's 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 very odd that it's just like that's not one of the things you would be like oh you remember that thing so long ago it's funny now and it's just like no still not funny you're still disgusting and uh mm. yeah you'll never be getting my support ever again um and what sucked about that tweet that i tweeted out um about a week or so ago was uh the people who stuck up for it and we're just like, I don't care what he's done in the past. The the movie still rules, and I'm just like, actually, it doesn't. Like it's not <laughs> like yeah. like I'm, if that doesn't change your view on that movie experience, uh, something's wrong. I'm sorry, but it's also weird to see the people in because I'm looking at the tweet right now. Yeah. It's also weird to see the people being like, oh, but the new movie has nothing to do with him, and it's right. like, but that's still like giving credit it's, to like what exactly. the original movie is. Or yeah. like what his creation was. It's just you like know, okay, well, who made Jeepers Creepers and <laughs> Salva? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There would be no. And Jeepers it says like if it wasn't Jeepers Creeper Reborn, and so right. it's like if it's reborn, people might want to go see the original one. And right, exactly. I actually so... just watched the original recently, and mm-hmm. 
I, I remember enjoying it when I, when I watched it in theaters and uh, not knowing any of this information. Um, sure. And, and going back through and watching it, you know, like it's not as good as I thought it was back when I saw it in theaters. It's not, it's not. <laughs> yeah. It, it's really not like when I, when I watched it, I was like, it's a, it, cause I, I watched it semi recently, maybe by semi recently. It's, this is like maybe five or six years ago. And, I was just thinking, I was like, man, I remember really enjoying this, and th- this was just a cheesy creature slasher film, and it's just, it's not, it's not that great, like, so many other creature features have highly surpassed this, so, I don't know, but it's, uh, it's interesting, kind of, seeing how many people didn't give a shit from that tweet, and I was just like, I that sucks for everyone else i guess but i i ended up muting it after it got to around like 2000 likes or so i was just like okay i'm i'm like I, i'm going to mute this now because now there's a lot more haters coming on this and not even That's haters really just sad. a lot more people who are just like promoting it and wanting to kind of feed off of that and then yeah. talking about me and i'm just like dude what where do you get off you know just mm. this is your station it's ending here like <laughs> get out cab you know what Speaking speaking of talking about you, let's flip the script a little bit and go to a community <laughs> question. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. This is from no, no. No, you're what, good. to you're be fair, it is good. your it is your episode. So whatever you end up talking about, that's up to you. Yeah, no, I, this I is actually like therapy really, for me. I love it. <laughs> I actually really like you know the stance you have on that and the fact that you condemn that. Um, but at the same time, uh, we do have a great community question that times that ties in with talking about yourself. So. Uh, we have Al, the Predator Tribesman. Hey. Um, he says, Hi, Prince. I love the work you do with Nightlight. It is my favorite horror podcast out there. Could you oh, speak thanks, about the process of building the identity of the show and your podcasting voice over the years? And how much of that developed organically versus how much was in your original version for the show? That's a great question. I'll start with the original version of the show because... Uh... The way the show was crafted was um, very interesting because when we first started doing, started thinking about Nightlight and wanting to create Nightlight, we we actually wrote, well, we by we I mean me, I wrote the show, um, possibly maybe thirty to forty different times, and I had those kind of revisions, and then we chatted together and like talked about what did we like what would what we didn't like and then we had a pilot episode that is only available to our patrons um on patreon.com forward slash good life but um <laughs> also night with k but uh <laughs> with that you had this mindset of now okay after the pilot episode we got we had an actual live audience um my live audience it was just friends um but we had we had a few people there who can actually give us feedback right in the moment and by giving us that feedback in the moment, we took that feedback, revamped the show a little bit, and now it is what it is today. But um, with that revival and that revamp, um, finding my voice was, I would say it, it felt a little natural because I was talking about something that I constantly enjoy. Um, so finding my voice was really natural. Finding our chemistry was a bit harder. Um, trying to see like how we vibe off of each other and things like that. And Freddie and I at the time were, we already have been conducting a, another show together for a whole year. So we already kind of knew how our um, chemistry worked. But when we brought on David, that was new for us. We didn't really know how our chemistry was going to work. So we did a 
kind of a fake episode where everyone was gone for the show. All the co-hosts were gone on to a trip. Um, and when they were gone on a trip, I invited David over and Freddie actually came back. He went on the trip, but he came back early. Um, and when he came back, I was like, hey, do you guys want to just record an episode for Goodnight Podcast and let's see what we can make? And we ended up recording an episode specifically for 13 Ghosts. And it was just for me to test out our chemistry together to see if I even wanted us all to kind of do this together. And um, when we did 13 Ghosts, we actually... It, it's nothing like Nightlight, that episode. I don't even think that episode is around anymore. Like, we, we kind of did an archival and revamped everything. Goodnight Podcast is no longer. It's a Goodnight Movie Club now. Um, but with 13 Ghosts, um, we actually rated our favorite ghosts. And we rated we did the top 13 of all the ghosts in 13 Ghosts, and we rated our favorite ghosts. And uh, we kind of went from there, and it was a really, really cool episode. But um, when we did that, that's when we were kind of thinking about, like, now a little bit more we can totally do this together and we have such a fond chemistry with each other that it just kind of worked out that way um but i'm constantly always thinking about new things with the show it's 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 never it's never ending in some ways where like i, I don't feel like the show was perfect but that's just me because i'm a, i'm my own worst critic um i definitely feel like the show can be a lot more flushed out in certain areas and things like that but at the same time, I do like keeping certain mistakes in there and, and letting people know, like, yo, I'm human, and this is this is what humans do. So uh, there isn't a ton of editing involved in our podcasting. Um, that's mainly because of the fact that, one, I talk really fast sometimes, <laughs> as y'all have seen. <laughs> um, and with me talking so fast, editing is really hard for me. <laughs> Um, and by me, I mean my producer. <laughs> I don't edit a thing. Um, but with that, it's it's that makes it pretty tough. And and that does kind of reflect in our reviews sometimes, where um, I do have a stuttering problem. And when I when my stutter comes out, it comes out when I read a lot, um, and I have a slight form of dyslexia um, to where it kind of happens where at the beginning of letters. So I try to write something and i completely wrote something else i'm just like what was i trying to say that's all in the show you know i i keep all that in the show and i i show that to um have a have a showcase to let everyone know what i'm only human you know i'm, I'm human doing the shit and it's it's just you could do it too kind of thing and like that's that's kind of the best advice when it comes to that kind of stuff but that's what really truly kind of made me passionate about the show that's a really long way to answer your question, Al, but thank you for asking it. That was fantastic. Um, going from there, like, what do you, I, it's hard to think, like, far that far ahead sometimes, but, like, sure. what do you think your ultimate goal is as far as um, what you're doing? Like, where would you want to see yourself in, you know, five, ten years? Um, would it be Make expanding what five. you're doing now? What? <laughs> Definitely not there. Not such that with <laughs> Um But you were talking about like <laughs> writing a movie. Um, you know, would you would you love to see yourself? You know, doing more of that, like being a uh, having a writer's credit on on a horror film and and stuff like that. What what do you think the the future holds, or what would you want the future to hold for you? Um, that's a great goals question. and aspirations. I, 
<laughs> I every every month I actually make a goal list and I revisit that goal list to see um, with uh, my main goal that I have for whether it be my business or myself or even goals for my co-host and my co- and my coworkers um, just to see like where do I want us to be um, and I, I check that list quite quite faithfully and I add micro goals in there to feel like I got some type of satisfaction when I don't reach the large goal or it's taking too long to get to the large goal or something like that. Um, like for example, the studio, the studio was a large goal. This was, this was a big goal that we actually jot it down to get in five years. We got it in two. So um, it, it's things like that, that has helped me kind of find the, those building blocks. But I think what really kind of, designated the passion for the goals that I have set for myself is kind of having those micro goals. But one of the goals that I do see myself in is writing. Um, I'm actually uh, writing four horror films at at the moment. (laughs) Um, Once we're off air, I I can I can tell you a little bit more about that. But um, can't, can't say it on can't say it on air, but <laughs> things are happening. That's all I can say. <laughs> um, but uh, just I would say in the next months or so, just stay close to your computer. That's all I gotta say. But be on the um, lookout for a twenty first Twitter account in the next <laughs> <laughs> takeover. I, I did follow you fire. on Twitter, so I did follow you <laughs> oh, on Twitter. You. So I'm excited. I'm thank excited. you, thank you. Yeah, this is this is a, a lot of. A lot of things are, are definitely kind of put into motion and, and stuff like that, but I, I'm writing quite a few horror films um, right now, and one that I can give an idea on um, is one that is kind of just in the thought process, not necessarily written down per se, but um, it's it's a concept that is a... Um, gosh, how can I explain this the best way possible? It's, it's kind of like a found footage film where... Um, and I'm not too sure if anyone's familiar with like the this myth called Bohemian Grove. Anyone heard of that? No. The Bohemian Grove. The name sounds familiar, fine. but like that I even, that's, could not even tell you. Can't place it. Okay, great, because no. that that is my preface. Um, <laughs> so, Bohemian Grove is a urban legend in San Francisco. That's actually not really an urban legend. It's a club in San Francisco, and I, I'm from San Francisco. Um, and with this club, it's a very prestigious club that is super secretive that the only pictures that are taken of it are two pictures, and it was from a reporter who snuck in. Oh, Look it up. It That's like the scales. Um, yes. Acor- yes. Actually, um, actually, um, <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> there are, according to Google Image, there are a lot of pictures of Bohemian Grove. Is it? But it, um, from what I'm in seeing, the inside during it's like, like the forest? rituals and stuff, it's like a forest. Oh, well, type of the thing? forest, the forest you can walk into. That that is fine, but uh, the actual, um, because the forest you can visit. Oh. The interior. Um, you're you're talking about the there's actual, the interior. Yes. Yeah. There's like, there's so much. <laughs> there's yeah, so many like, different aspects. But yes, according it's in to a what forest. I'm seeing, there's like three pictures. But like one of them is just like an old picture that could just be, you know, some stock photo for the article. But there's definitely two that I can see that look like it's during something. Like a ritual of some kind. Yeah. Yeah. That's the Bohemian Grove I'm talking about. Their sigil is like an owl. 
and um, they're mm-hmm. they're interesting. But I'm doing like a found footage type of movie, and this is gonna be like my low budget horror film. Um, all filmed on an Yo, iPhone. Yo, Blumhouse, hook him up. <laughs> Yo, come on, Jason. <laughs> um, <laughs> but with all of this, like with the whole found footage aspect behind it and things like that, like I, I kind of have this character coming in and having this uh, wanting to kind of make this high school report. And I don't even know if I'm going to even have high school. I might do college. We'll see. Um, where they're, they're trying to like make their thesis and their thesis is on secret societies. And um, with them wanting to do it for Bohemian Grove and getting caught and all this whole other stuff and just having a, a fun little back and forth with that. But I haven't decided what I want to do for that yet. It might be a short, but um, that one's titled Bohemian. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's a fun concept that I'm working on, but I haven't yeah. wrote it entirely yet. I just wrote the basis down and what the premise is typically going to be. Um, but, I mean that's a yeah. genre genre that hasn't been touched enough, eh? Like I, I love the skulls. Yeah. Like I love all the stuff about yeah. is it the Stonemason Society and like reading up about just weird behind the doors kind of clubs and there's yeah, so much yeah. room for potential there, eh? That's really cool. Yeah, there's Absolutely. there's a, a lot of secret society, like fictional secret society stuff, but there's not a lot of like taking real world secret societies and kind of like manipulating what they do behind the scenes for like historical mm. fiction. Right. And I think that's a that's a lot of fun, and um, I'm, I'm trying to see like, because I'm just like one of the, I'm I'm still kind of like nervous about it, where I'm just like, okay, if I make this <laughs> with their name on it, like I don't want them to like come yeah. for me. That's what I was come gonna up. say. Yeah. I was I like, maybe the reason. <laughs> no, I was yeah. gonna say like maybe the reason that nobody's made it is because they're too scared. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so I'm just like thinking like like maybe I'll alter some names or something, but we'll see. Like we'll see how far Rhapsody Grove. Like, that'll be good that'll be really good um so we'll we'll see um what it kind of comes out of it but i don't know that's an exciting one i'm i'm, I'm, I'm super excited for something like that i'm kind of surprised i've never heard of it i i live in humble county which is oh, you know just north you're not too far you. from us nope yeah. <laughs> about four and a half hours <laughs> yeah not too far at all um so i'm, I'm kind of surprised i've never heard of it yeah um, it's a it's an interesting one it's a real interesting yeah, one. I'm going to have one, to read up on it. Deep. Yeah, read up yeah. on it. I, it's a fun one to, look, to read up on and just to see in general. And just to read up on cults. This is a lot of fun. Please. That's fascinating. I got the Wikipedia page on my phone. I'm ready. I'm going to yeah, yeah, go. it. All right. So we're going to change this show to a cult show. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be down for that. That'd be super fascinating. Drink the Let's do it. <laughs> I actually got a fun story about that one, that reference right there, uh, about drinking the Kool-Aid. Um, Let's go. Go for it. So it. my mom actually was a member of the People's Temple. And if the, with the People's Temple, <laughs> that is Jim Jones <laughs> and Jonestown. Yeah. Um, so my mom was a part of the People's Temple for years, like maybe, maybe like eight years or so. And when it came to the time of them having this plan of going to Jonestown and things like that, uh, she missed her flight and she tried like hell to get another flight, but she couldn't afford it. Thank and God she did it. Yeah, seriously. Cause I definitely would not be here right now telling you this story. <laughs> and when she heard on the news of what happened, she just was shattered. Absolutely shattered. Just, couldn't believe like what happened and things like that and she wasn't shattered that they did it 
she was shattered that she wasn't there to be with them. I can imagine. No, no, see, see, no, I can imagine that she didn't have the whereabout that it was messed up because she was so ingrained into it that she exactly. wanted to be there. Right. And so I would imagine that, that she was shattered because she didn't make it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's so yeah. crazy. Wow. Yeah. She was because it's like um, by that. That's like their rapture or whatever. So it's like it's pretty much not to be part of like a religious event that you're leading up to. Right. And yeah, that's cool crazy. Her, yeah. she was she was so bummed that she couldn't be a part of it. And um, she was looking at other like religions and things like that to, to kind of be a part of. And um, at that time, from according to my grandma, but because uh, I, I never lived with my mom. And it's weird because I said my mom owned a coffee shop earlier. Um, that wasn't my actual mom. That was my aunt who I actually grew up with. Um, mm. My mom, unfortunately, had uh, schizophrenia. And, um, and I shouldn't even say had. She's still alive, so she still has it. But um, she has schizophrenia. So with, uh, with her having that condition, um, it's hard to have conversations with her. Um, yeah. but so everything you know about her is through third party? A lot of it is. Um, a lot of it is, and, and through her. Like, she, she could say some things um, for sure, but it's hard to just believe her. That's the only thing, um, because she even lied on my birth certificate. Like, I don't know who my dad is. Um, so since I don't know who my dad is, on my birth certificate, it says my dad is Michael Jackson, which is how I got the last name Jackson. You never know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. You never know. But um, which is also interesting because my name, since my name is Prince, and Prince. he has another son named Prince, um, mm-hmm. I was born first. So it makes it even more kooky and interesting. And she actually did have a love triangle with the Jacksons. That actually did happen. So it's it's really hard to tell like what's real what's not um mm. and it's hard to hard to kind of get that information from her um and my brother unfortunately since um schizophrenia is hereditary uh, my brother unfortunately uh has the gene and um he he has schizophrenia as well but um so it's it's really interesting to like hear them talk and we try our best to not keep them around each other because they actually they like feed, feed off their conditions mm very much alongside each other um and it's just fuck they'll have you believe in aliens are out there like outside their door and it's 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 scary it's scary like hearing them talk about stuff like that but um you hear like psychological horror and things like that like i think that's why i gravitated gravitate towards it so much um, because someone, I, I believe one of the questions that also asked was like, which one do I gravitate more towards? I do gravitate t- towards uh, psychological horror more to kind of re-answer that question. But um, it's mainly because of the psychological aspects that have happened throughout my life. I feel like, um, and I find it fascinating. I, I find it super fascinating. Like uh, Daniel isn't real is one of my uh, favorite horror films as well, which is uh, about a. Uh, another person who has schizophrenia as well, and the way they deal with schizophrenia in that movie is is very intriguing and just very fascinating. And also Jacob's Ladder uh, with PTSD and schizophrenia and hallucinations and so on and so forth. So it's it's it's, it's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. And we actually held a whole month um, for uh, it was uh, gosh Mental Illness Awareness Month, and we held a whole month where we showed psychological horror films um and i think we did talk about jacob's ladder and daniel isn't real in there and stuff like that but um a lot of a lot of cool months that popped up with those that's for sure that's awesome Interesting. that's so that's such an a, a really cool way to take 
things that apply to your life and turn yeah. them into a positive. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's not easy. It's not easy. No. But, uh, it it <laughs> is bit. something that has helped me cope a lot. Yeah. Um, and horror has been the ultimate catharsis for me, which is so interesting to say because it's just like, wow, how can you find horror cathartic? Well, uh, how much time you got? Um, but <laughs> it's uh, it's it, it is a very catharsis medium, and I, I one terminology I really hate that is used very frequently, and it grinds my gears is this whole aspect of elevated horror, and that being the new concept starting with Get Out and Hereditary and Midsommar and and The Witch and things like that, where it's just like that's not elevated, and if you use the terminology elevated you kind of are making it seem like the other horror films that came out before that aren't. Aren't, yeah. If, they're, if it wasn't for, they're less I don't know, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, there would be no Star Wars. There would be no Exorcist. There would be there would be none of this without Mary Shelley. And Sorry, I like the idea that Star Wars is a horror franchise now. Like, it just <laughs> something about that really tickled me. I don't know, have you, you know seen Jar Jar? <laughs> <laughs> You know what's funny? I actually am writing a horror um, Star Wars uh, film as well. It, it's 100% oh. will probably never in a million years get made, but I could tell you the premise of it if you guys are interested. But it's um, it's interesting because like when people use that terminology of elevated horror, it's just like, well, you're bashing and talking shit on other horror films that are 100% extremely smart films, yet all of a sudden, just because of the 90s or the 80s you're kind of bashing horror films based off of that only because that's all you truly know from horror when it has so many other layers to it like have you not seen suspiria a lot of people haven't and that's completely fine but watch suspiria watch suspiria <laughs> um but it's things like that that you definitely do kind of grasp on a little bit more and and it's intriguing it's really intriguing Nice. Now, Makina, I believe you had a question for our guest today. Okay. What is your favorite part of content creation? Ooh, <laughs> man. I think it's the creation part. I love creating. Like, creating new things is just really, really cool to me, and I love watching something grow, and I love helping something grow, um, which is why I'm so stoked being a dad. Uh, it's like my <laughs> ultimate content creator. <laughs> but, That's um, a great way to look at it. Right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Prime time. Um, but when I see things like, like uh, something new that pops into my head and how can I decide to create that, like that is my favorite part. I love being able to build upon that and to express myself through that particular piece of content. And, um, how I could really show how personal I am when it comes to that content. Um, because I do kind of put myself out there quite a bit when it comes to the content that I promote and that I push out. Um, like I'm very open on Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. And um, like I, I talk about my phobias. I talk about uh, my life struggles. And I talk about my, my own mental illnesses and things like that. So it... it, I, it that's my favorite part, being being able to create content that uh, people vibe with and that people love and want to see and can relate to. And that's that's something that I really, really enjoy. And, and I don't try to make content for everyone. I 
in the beginning I did. I, I really tried to make content for everyone and, and be this all-around renaissance man, and, and that doesn't work. You, you, you want to focus on who you appeal to and who you want to appeal to, and, and that, that for me made it tremendously easier to where I can create content that I know a set group of people are going to um, be able to see themselves in, and I love it. I love I love being able to talk to people who feel comfortable around me to share those things or who want to express themselves as well. And um, when I do add things on on the show where we have guests or anything like that, it it's interesting to see their takes on a whole bunch of things. Like recently, we had an interview with uh, Chelsea Rebecca from Dead Meat Podcast, um, and hearing her talk about horror is just so inspirational and so fascinating because of her background um, and where she grew up in Michigan and moving to Los Angeles and seeing how that kind of flows with her and how she visualizes horror like it's really really cool and I think that's my favorite part connecting and creating like I, I absolutely love that about content creation and there's so many avenues out there like you can reach out to so many people and I've only met a handful of people who are just like not willing to help in some type of aspect of um, your content creation or, or anything like that. But that has only happened a kind of just a handful times. And it's really cool seeing like myself in certain places to reach out a hand for somebody else. Like I, I love being able to be that person to help someone else kind of get in the position that I'm in or um, go past the position that I'm in. Like, uh, that's, that's, to me, that's really cool. And there's room for everybody. Like, there's room for everybody here. And, and I, I don't want anyone to think that, like, oh, I'm better than you because my podcast gets 10,000 to 15,000 listeners a month and things like that. And it's just like, no, that's that's not it. Your, your podcast can do the exact same numbers, if not better. Um, and we can totally still be really, really cool and really good friends. Like it's, it's no reason for you to feel like you're at a loss because you're starting at a, at a certain point. Um, and for me, I just, I just really enjoy to watch the growth and it's, it's something that is really, really cool to see. And, and like I said, that when I have those micro goals and things like that, like that's where I really find the passion because it's just like, man, I want to get to 50 listeners. And that, that was my goal. When I first started podcasting, I was like, I want to get to 50 listeners in a month. Cool. Was able to make that. Sweet. And <laughs> during the process of our micro goal, we stayed at for Nightlight, a horror movie podcast at 50 for a long time. For well, I wouldn't say a long time. For about six months or so. And um, we were, like, scaving 50 to 80 listeners. And our next goal was 100 listeners. And, and, and the... Uh, by like June, I think is what it was. And then um, June hit, gosh, we made it to number four on the top uh, on the top 100 podcast list for uh, film review. And it, it was crazy. It was, it was weird. And after that, it just was uh, something that kind of took off. And knowing your audience is another thing that I really, really like as well when it comes to content creation, because you can talk to them and, and befriend them and, and just kind of have another person to, to chat with about the stuff you love. And it's, it's just really fucking cool. 
That's an amazing uh, answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to kind of jump off of, <laughs> oh, to kind of jump off of that question, we have a question yeah. from Hoodie Peaks uh, at the Penny Marvels on Twitter saying, "Hey, was wondering what's one thing that makes life beautiful to you?" Oh man, uh, life itself. Honestly, <laughs> like life itself is just beautiful in general. It, it's really cool to just be present and to share. Like sharing is probably one of the best things that have I've learned when it comes to making content and, and being in this sector. It's it's all just kind of been about sharing. And it's interesting because I, I started when I really wanted to make like video game content and stuff like that. And everyone's doing video game content. And I was that didn't discourage me. It was just more so I was just like, I really want to do something different. Um, like I want to relate to someone who kind of feels like they aren't having a good time with life and um what better way to do that with horror (laughs) but uh it could always be worse it could always be these guys exactly (laughs) you are not stuck in a death trap by jigsaw Um, but i think about that when it comes to life and what makes me happy about it because it is it is something that you can take for granted and by taking life for granted for granted like you would find yourself looking at a very interesting scope and when you have this kind of correlation and this has come from someone who and I'm a little a little more personal for, for myself who has contemplated suicide in the past and who's tried um, in the past as well and when i've had those thought processes and things like that like i always thought about how can i change this to make this positive how can i grow from this dark side of me and how can i bring light to this and um because i like being happy being happy is dope it's like <laughs> you know it's just it, it's really dope to be happy and a smile and to laugh and just to be around people and shit. It's, it's, it's really cool. And, um, and it's funny cause I, I, I do consider myself a bit of a loner. Like I, I don't really like go out to parties or anything like that. Like I, I'm chilling at home most of the time. And now that I have my kid, I'm just like, I, now I have a reason. <laughs> um, <laughs> so like, it's, it's cool. Like, um, now I can't being get alone. To... Keeps, <laughs> keeps getting up next to me. Everyone. <laughs> um, like, like literally once it's like eight o'clock, I'm just like, yeah, no, no social media. No, no anything. It's just me and me and my family. Um, and it's actually, that's another thing that that's helped as well is, uh, accepting life a little bit more. I only use social media on my computer. I, I don't, I do not use it on my phone at all. And that's helped tremendously. Being able to enjoy life and be a little bit more in the present is not having... Th- literally, the only thing I have on my phone is TikTok. And I don't do TikToks. I just watch them. <laughs> oh, that's great. Them to be hilarious. <laughs> um, and when I am on Twitter, it's Monday through Friday. I treat it like a job. It's um, except for today because of uh, the whole news that happened yesterday of, of, of us becoming an award-winning podcast. Um, but with all of that, like that has helped me be a little bit more in the present and to be a little bit more, uh, aware of what's going on now in, in, in my life and gosh, you know, seeing my kid and, and seeing her smile and have a good time with, with her dad and her mom and 
it's just it's really cool it's really really cool um and it's interesting because my wife and i we're we're like complete polar opposites <laughs> um she does not like horror films at all it's like nope you do you boo you're good i'm <laughs> fine over here and i'm just like all right cool like I'll, I'll i'll chill and do horror like by myself it's fine um but she d- she does love video games she loves horror video games and things like that so we do we do have that in common at least and um, it was cool because she actually beat Resident Evil 8 before me, and I'm just like, what? That's, what? Like, <laughs> I get off work before you. How did that even happen? Um, and I was like, in, in, how were you playing the PlayStation 5? And I didn't even know. It's in our living room. Um, so, uh, like, I had no idea. She's that good, you know? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, and she told me how she ended up doing it because uh, she's a teacher. So she teaches half, half during the day. Um in on online and then she has to go to school to teaching in the classroom and uh she'll put them in these like little breakout rooms and that's when she would play that's you better hope that the, she the principal it. doesn't hear this the better uh, I know, you don't right, you don't right, accidentally right. stream the game to the <laughs> Hey, I I don't mention my wife's name on any of my content for that matter because her her kids may listen to our content or anything like that. (laughs) So um, her name's never mentioned. But um, and that's one of the reasons why I don't really say my last name on our content either. But whatever. Um, But that whole aspect of enjoying life has come from honestly getting rid of more things in your life and whether that's physical or media or uh something that is maybe a toxic person in your life or something like that like that has brought me to a better point in my life and the toxic person thing is harder uh, that is really hard but it's something that i've even had to talk to a, a few of my co-hosts about um and some people that would be bringing them down and making them miss like episodes and maybe they were in a bad time and, and things like that. And um, it, al- the best advice I can give, allow yourself to be happy. Allow yourself to be happy. If you don't allow yourself to be happy, it it's not going to come. And just give yourself that opportunity to let good things happen to you. Even if it seems like everything that's happening to you that's bad or super shitty, choose one good thing in your day that has happened to you that allows you to get through that. Um, if it's finding a penny on the ground, treat that as a good thing. No one else found that penny except you. You know, so it's it's things like that, the little things that kind of count and allow yourself to get to where you want to be. Um, and honestly, a perfect example is this TikTok that I'm watching currently called. Uh, or this TikToker um, that that I'm watching currently, where she is hosting this series, where it's it's honestly it's it's really cool. But the whole series is getting a house by trading a paperclip, and that's it. And literally, it starts from her trading a paperclip for something. It's totally like scripted. It's no way this is just happening. But um, she traded a paperclip, starts with that, and then someone gives her something for that paperclip. And she'll trade. She continued her trading until she ended up getting a Mustang. She got a Mustang, drove the Mustang all the way to Portland. She's trying to get a house in San Francisco. Drove a Mustang all the way to Portland to trade with something else. And she ended up getting this thing where she ended up trading for a, um, 
God, this is going to sound total Portland. <laughs> she ended up trading for like a tiny house <laughs> that you can drive on, like a, on the back of your car. Um, so she got this tiny house and Fiverr, which is this company that um, allows you to get like uh, like producers and freelancers for anything pretty much. But I used to work for Fiverr um, for, as a freelancer because I, I also have a design degree, which is how I made the shirt. Um, but uh, with that, you she got Fiverr to be on board where they hired a production designer for her and they interior designer, excuse me, an interior designer for her. They interior designed the whole thing. She ended up trading that for like four tractors and she got these four tractors and she ended up trading the tractors to Chipotle and Chipotle gave her some celebrity deal. Um, and now she's, Oh, they gave her the black celebrity card deal. I think so. Yeah, it was like yeah. some card that allows you to get Chipotle every day for or life. something like that for yeah. a year or something. Yeah. No, so they have some that are for life. That. And it's like Is it for life? Oh, it might be for yeah. life then. Um so for her, she got that this card for from Chipotle and which supposedly this card is only given to celebrities and influencers. So with that card, now she was last I left off, she was trading that card because I like to binge them. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> waiting until she gets a few more trades in. Um, because I, I, I'll typically wait like two weeks and see, and then I'll check her page, but I'll always skip them every single time. I'm just like, okay, I don't want to watch it yet. So, um, because it's so fascinating, and plus I want to see it. She's gonna get the house, but that concept, that concept in mind, something that simple, you taking that aspect where it's that tiny. Allow that tininess to just bring some type of happiness for you. And something as tiny as for her, which was a paperclip. That's it. Or was it might have even been a hair tie. Something like that. Um, where that's all she started with trading. And it's really, really cool to allow yourself to kind of seek happiness in the most unusual places. And for me, it has been content creation. Like I have found a lot of happiness inside content creation. It's it's I've met some Incredible people form some really refutable relationships with this, and some really important relationships as well. Um, a lot of movie directors follow me, which <laughs> makes me nervous. <laughs> I'm just like, shit, no. <laughs> don't know if I'm gonna say the wrong thing. Um, you you say that, and then you and then you make a viral tweet like yeah. dissing oh, yeah. one of the biggest. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, it was funny because like a bunch of directors. Um, either texted me the ones that I have the numbers of would text me and they, they would say like dude good shit on you saying that because like <laughs> that made us all look like really like shitheads and things like that and, and thank you for saying it and voicing your opinion and all this this and that and I'm just like I'm so fucking lily dude fuck that guy like, <laughs> like exactly just, that guy. Just, it is what it is <laughs> God, the piece of shit ultimate ultimate oh, yeah. ugh it, oh man! And Francis Ford Coppola was the one who brought him back and was just like, "Here you go, make cheapers creepers." <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we are. Uh, there you have it, honey. Great answer. Three. Another great answer. Yeah, another great answer. And <laughs> <laughs> um, there right. is one question that we do need to ask every guest. Um, oh. It's kind of a running a running question. So, Ooh, before I do that, though, I've got a, a couple of quick fire questions for you. Um, I do want to know what are your comfort horror movies like? What's your what are your guilty pleasure horror movies, Prince? Ooh. Uh, gosh, there's so many. I would say probably Ginger Snaps is definitely one of them. 
Um, really, really love Ginger Snaps. Jennifer's Body is another one. Um, Doctor Sleep. Um, it Chapter One is a really big comfort movie for me. That's so good. Um, it is so good. When I'm really, really down, <laughs> and I know that I'm down, down. Um, Salem's Lot, which is about four hours long. Um, so that that one I'm like when I'm really down, Salem's Lot is what I'm putting on. Um, absolutely love it. Uh, I would also say uh, Carrie. Really, really love Carrie. Um, definitely makes me really comfort. Um, also, the six-sided me saw saw one. Yeah. Um, and also Hostel Part Two. That that's those are my comfort. I haven't seen that. It's it's weird to say. Um, I say more people should give Hostel Part Two a little bit more love. Um, because it is super feminine driven, and on top of it being feminine driven, it is also uh a very interesting take on uh capitalism it's just it's huh. super fascinating just it, it's it's really really fascinating so it's definitely I think hard Eli Roth did a great job in that it's definitely oh, hard super to think hard about while well, watching Hostel 1 oh sorry because it's such a oh, different yeah. film and then thinking about movie. watching the sequel and then you you yeah. you know get yourself in the mindset of all right fine I know what I'm in for uh, let's let's put it on and then yeah like you just said it is also really hard to watch, but I absolutely yep. agree with you that the message in that movie is so much better than the first one. It is. It is so much better, and it, it and it's it's clearer too than in the first one. Yeah. In the first one, it was also right off the heels of uh, September 11th. Um, gosh, because I want to say that came out in 2005, maybe. So where everyone was afraid to travel during this time and. Well, at least in America. Um, and when everyone was afraid to travel, like you had that aspect of seeing a little bit different takes of horror films because without war and, and things like that, without that, without all of that bullshit that was happening, honestly, torture porn wouldn't have been a thing. That wouldn't have been a thing at all. It, it, these were films that were crafted in such interesting ways that kind of make people shake at their boots but at the same time some of them have fantastic messages like saw for a perfect example mm -hmm. and um you know saw is a honestly saw is, a, is pretty much care bears for horror films like that movie is all about caring and caring about yourself that is literally it that's the basis of saw if it's just like you don't care about yourself cool let's go ahead and remove you from the earth so someone else can actually take your place here and mm -hmm. That's that's the concept. It's just <laughs> the fact that I just compared Saw to the Care Bears is amazing. <laughs> that's, <your laughs> that's the crossover we need. Yeah. Mm. Oh, exactly. I'm making that tweet. <laughs> Don't be into it. <laughs> um, the other quick fire question I had was just around. Obviously, you're, you're both into gaming, you and your wife. Um, yeah. What um, what kind of horror games would you suggest to people looking at getting into that? Like, what are some of your favorites? Um. Uh, I would suggest Layers of Fear. That I think that is just a great starter horror game. Um, it's not too much. It, it is bloody, and there are jump scares, but it, it is such an interesting way to incorporate psychological horror and uh, game mechanics as well, where if something is playing backwards, well, try walking around the room the up opposite direction to play it forward. And, like, that mindset is really incredible. And... It's just a really fascinating game, and I like Layers of Fear 1 more than Layers of Fear 2, but I would also say um, 
I don't even know if you can really consider this a platform, but in some ways I do. Uh, Little Nightmares, um, mm-hmm. which is oh, I need to get to that. Really great yeah. Oh, it's so much fun. I hear so the sequel was incredible. Wow. Oh, the sequel. Oh, so good, so good, so eerie. Got some Slitterman esque characters in there. That's fun. <sighs> but um, it's things like that. Um, I would also say not game related but creepy pastas creepy pastas has really cool video game um stories or video game inspired stories like one is called ben um which I relate hi, to ben. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, hi ben uh which is uh based off of uh, majora's mask um it's Ooh. really really cool um it's really sad as well but at the same time like that just made me want to play majora's mask um which Full disclaimer, I've never played Majora's Mask before. Um, I actually have never played a Zelda game. I tried to get into uh, Breath of the, Wild? the most recent one, I believe. Breath of the Wild? Which was um, Breath of the Wild, yeah. I tried to get into that one. Um, I, I couldn't wrap my head around the weapons breaking on me. Just uh, just couldn't couldn't wrap my head around that. I was like, I don't I don't understand why this is happening to me. What am I doing wrong? <laughs> <laughs> but it's just the fact that it's just, like it, just not a game for me, but that's fine. But um, it's... It's interesting, like when you see, hear stories surrounded around horror games and things like that, and um, that really kind of gets you in the mood to play them. But if you're looking for something like dreadfully scary to knock you off your boots, uh, I mean, you got Outlast, you got you got so many fun games that you can play. Uh, Resident Evil Two, even the remake was fantastically well done and very different in my eyes than the original. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, nice. That's awesome. And the the question that we do ask everyone is, obviously you're a kind of funny best friend. You, you're pretty, you know, the kind of funny crew pretty well. Um, the question we ask is in relation to Greg Miller. So we've had a lot of different people on the show, including Greg himself. Where we've just asked him, hey, look, what cool. is Greg Miller? Because he's just everywhere at all play, all times. He's you know hosting a gig. He's then just you know somehow tweeting out at the same time. Then all of a sudden he's on a show straight away. Like he's he's just everywhere. So we've had theories from all sorts of people, the kind of funny crew, other guests that we've had on as to what he potentially could be. We've had aliens, we've had different species, we had something in, was that Gino with the, with the, um, what was he talking about, the um, vaccination? Oh, <laughs> so we've yeah. had all sorts of things. So um, you want to know what you think Greg Miller potentially could be and how he can be in oh, so many places man. at once. Madman. Um, I don't know. Like, it's, God, he he is a, a force of nature. Like, I, I, I like I, he has so much talent that it it is it is hard to come by it. You know, it's it's something that just oozes off of him. So it's it's interesting uh, thinking that like how much, you know, like you would assume he doesn't sleep. Mm. <laughs> uh, but if I could classify him as something, gosh, I would I would say um, yeah, I would just say fucking madman. Like it's just. <laughs> It just he's 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 a wilderbeast. This man's just all over the place and, and can get, get somewhere from point A to point B within in a matter of seconds to minutes and, and it's it's fascinating. It's really cool to, to, to see that. Um and uh I haven't kept up with, with kind of funny as much um lately in the past year. Obviously I've I've been insanely fucking busy. <laughs> but uh I I I've heard the news of him having a kid, so congratulations to him. That's great. That, that's it, honestly, fatherhood is is a whole different spectrum. But um, 
it's it's crazy. I'm I'm interested to see how how time is going to work for him with now that he's a father. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, shifting time was definitely tough. It it, it tested me a lot. Um, and mainly I I because I I do have a, a day job as well outside of this and um, which is just like cool. Prince, add more to your plate. Um, <laughs> So I I can only imagine how how he's feeling, or I'm sure he's stoked, but I'm sure at the same time he might be a little stressed out. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just absolute wildebeest, man. He he he's bananas. Like I mean, he is tall. Do we think he's actually secretly two people on a trench coat? You know, is he? I swear to God, he is. Like, and then he splits off when he no needs way. to. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel like his miniature half just runs away sometimes. He's like, can't catch me, Miller. <laughs> 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 I don't know why I picture it old. Just go hard. Catch now, me if you can. <laughs> now, on topic of your your podcast, obviously you're talking about it earlier. I just want to say a huge thank you for your podcast because it's kind of gotten me back into that horror scene. Before um, I actually checked out your podcast, obviously we're friends online. I'm like, oh, Prince is a cool dude. I'll check out his podcast and find out what it's about. And it was the uh, the Paula Coelho episode, which if you haven't listened oh, yeah. to it, you need to go and listen to it. She's so good. All of you yeah. were great. And I was like, this, <laughs> yeah. this podcast is fantastic. And I just, I was always one of those people that I guess was like, look, I, I'm not really a horror fan. Like, I don't really, I didn't really like, um, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, that kind of thing. That was kind of my opinion as to what horror was. And I started listening to your show. I was like, no, horror is just this big, huge juggernaut thing. You know, there's so many different subgenres to, to horror. And it got me like right back into it. So, I, you know it sort of reignited that passion there. So, you know, without you and the crew, you know, I wouldn't have watched things like, uh, you know, Summer of 84 or, you know, The Lodge. Like, it's kind of got me back into it, which is just awesome. Um, so oh, you want to say a huge thank you. It's it's a fantastic show, and keep doing what you're doing. Oh, thank ben, you. you hate thank horror. You so much. I love horror, dude. You hate horror. <laughs> I hate playing hate Resident it. Evil 7 with headphones on. Finish Resident spooky. Evil 7, dude. It's too spooky. <laughs> See, Finish Resident Evil 7. I now have to thank you, Prince, because I finally I've been doing some like fun watch along stuff uh, with some a small group of friends, um, uh, and I got I got Ben to watch Willy's Wonderland with me the other night. Oh, so, Wonderland's great. Um, so you know, without you, I don't think I would have got him to watch it. You know, <laughs> so thank I think that's how I stumbled across oh. that actually. I think that's how I came across that movie because I told oh, Phil I told you about it eh, when that yeah. first came out. Yeah. But yeah, no, that, so I many great recommendations. That one, that was uh, that was a fun one to review. It's just, God, that was absolutely bananas. It, That's uh, something. <laughs> it, it's it's definitely a ride. Uh, one that I would say put on your guys's radar. It's an older film that uh, finally was finished, which uh, came from George Romero, um, from his, uh, I guess, his estate, um, called The Amusement Park. Definitely put that on your radar. It's it's about an hour. Um, but it is so eerie, so strange, nothing that I've ever have witnessed. I've wanted to watch this movie for years. This movie came out in the seventies. Well, it didn't even come out. It just was announced and it was just like nothing happened. And now it's officially coming out on shutter. Um, I've seen it. I've seen it uh, three or four times. I think it comes out in like later in June, like the end of June or something like that. But definitely keep that one on your radar. It looks nice. like Shutter just dropped the official trailer. Ooh, yeah, it's so fun. Nice. Oh, <laughs> that's a that's a jam right there. That is a jam. Speaking <laughs> of the crazies, George Romero. Yep. I mean, hey, 
<laughs> Gotta love him. Gotta love him. I mean, he, he did fantastic things for the black trope in 1968, so during the civil rights movement. So I, I definitely gotta love him for that, for sure. Heck yeah. Now, obviously, so we for, could talk horror, horror forever, but um, obviously, we've got to let you go at some point. So, <laughs> yeah. um, well, let, before... me, let, let me just say, like, you know, thank you, Prince, for making a podcast that talks about Scooby Doo on Mystery Island. You know, like, yeah, something <laughs> I've been wanting to revisit for a long time, actually, and now I have an excuse to do so. Great, that was just... <laughs> great. Yeah, that, that was fun. Yeah, we, we I, did that I was just going through your. <laughs> I was just going through your back catalog and like Coraline, Coraline and Scooby-Doo on Mystery Island are right next to each other. And I'm like, I guess I'm doing this. That's awesome. Yeah, Coraline. I don't know how we talked about Coraline for two and a half hours, but we did it. <laughs> great movie. That's why it's a great movie. Damn right it is. Damn right it is. Nice. So has anyone got any questions before we go um, for our amazing guests that we've had today? I have uh, uh, one, one set of quick fire questions, but sure. we can wait till the very, very end for that. Nice. I was just gonna ask, like, you know, what do you think of RE8 so far? I like it's it. Like I, I actually really enjoy it. It's uh, it just reminds me of honestly the transition from RE2 to RE3. Um, it just it's very much more of a shooter for sure. But I like shooters, so I don't have a problem with that. I also like not feeling completely helpless in horror games sometimes too. So I I like it. I, I'm enjoying it. Did you get to the uh, puppet house? I haven't yet. No. Okay. No. My wife loved that that particular section, and she said it was really short, though, like 30, 45 minutes of gameplay in there. I want to see what you say about that. Okay. I honestly All feel right. like I'm excited to get to that. The first three areas feel far too short, and then the fourth area man. feels a little too long. Oh man, I, um, I, that's what I've been hearing. I've been hearing from some people to like just kind of skip this game altogether. No, like, definitely I, don't do I, that. I, yeah, I, I don't, don't want to do that. Like, I'm, I'm having fun with it. Um, I'm still working my way through Control as well. So oh, I want to yes. finish that first before I really dive into RE8. But uh, we'll see because I still want to play Returnal too. So like, there's yeah. a whole bunch of things that, I, that are in my catalog. That Returnal's amazing. That's so oh, good. So many good things. You're going to love it. So many good things. Um, I, I liked your comparison to Resident Evil 3 Remake because this game definitely as much as you can compare it to resident evil 4 like right. once you beat it there's something that happens uh that is just straight out of resident evil 3 remake i don't oh. want to say what it is because um you know just in case people feel like that's a spoiler i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say mm. expose what that is but uh yeah like the way that game creates its replayability is just so much like resident evil 3 remake which was one of my favorite parts about resident evil 3 remake um but anyway, I think was it you and me, Phil, were saying like Returnal was kind of like uh, more coherent, like Kojima mixed with like Stargate and Alien. Like it's yep. such a great combo. It's oh. it's amazing. Oh god, don't even get me started. Oh, yeah, don't forget, so uh, don't forget Edge of Tomorrow. Lived oh yeah, definitely. So gotta throw good. that in there. So oh, good. I, I've been staying away from as much stuff as possible. All that I know so far from Returnal is the first trailer that shown like maybe a year or two ago that's it oh perfect that's, that's what you want so yeah. so i i definitely am going in slightly blind in this one i have no idea what to expect nice, nice. that's awesome that's the way to do it perfect and any other questions from anyone before we go yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna do these these rapid fire questions real quick now this is literally just the first movie that comes to your mind nothing else no pressure uh, I want, like favorites or anything <laughs> like it. just first thing that pops into your head psychological horror hereditary all right slasher scream 
too. <laughs> oh, nice. Gore. Uh, saw. Okay. Body horror. Ooh. It's like society. kind of the same thing, but. Um, Florida. Society. All right. Found footage. Mm. The one he's writing. Uh, <laughs> what I'm writing. <laughs> That's pretty. Um, a man versus or man bites dog. Man bites dog. Okay. Uh, paranormal. Uh, paranormal activity. Comedy horror. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> the dead. Okay. Um, and then zombie. <laughs> um it's funny because the first thing that popped in my head was actually rob zombie um oh, that's he funny. hasn't made any that's zombie it. movies um that's it cut um <laughs> zombie i would say um night of the living dead okay uh vampire Ooh, what we do in the shadows yes nice. <laughs> our new zealander loves that answer it's the right answer that's why <laughs> it's true it's true i i actually had a talk recently with um uh, Lucy O'Brien. So you'll probably enjoy oh, that nice. conversation too. Another fellow New Zealander. Woo! <laughs> there it is. From the UK. Um, no, Lucy O'Brien's from New Zealand. Werewolf. You're thinking of Lucy James. Yeah, oh, Lucy James you're... is from. Sorry. I also have another. Oi, governor. As well, true crime. <laughs> um, but uh, say say that one one more time. Did you say werewolf? I did. Okay, werewolf. I would say dog soldiers. Neil. Neil nice. Soldiers. Yo, shout out to Carl. <laughs> Oh man! You know it. Uh, our other, our other uh, New Zealander. His name's Carl Serenity Base on Twitter. Uh, he and I talk about that movie a lot. <laughs> so, good. so good. He just um, made a new movie that's on Shutter as well called The Reckoning. Definitely check it out. Oh, nice. Yeah. I earlier when we were talking about two thousands movies, um, I was thinking of The Descent. So beautiful. Um, we also have that that we covered as well on the podcast. That's awesome. You got, you got a fun backlog that you can jump into. <laughs> yeah, I'm so dude. I'm you don't even know how excited I am. Like literally, oh, I'm so excited. Oh, uh, and so then last one, you. I'm gonna just generalize this one because they're obviously those are like the three pillars of of monster kind of horror. Um, but let's go general monster horror. General monster horror. Uh, the uh, yeah, the ruins. Oh, okay. The ruins. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Shout out to David Bruckner, by the way. Hope you're well. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So those those are the rapid fire questions. Sweet. That was nice. Fun. That's probably a good place to finish up. So just want to say a huge thank you again for coming on the show. We're going to go through uh, everyone and find out where we can uh, find all these amazing people. But first off, um, Prince, where can people find you and what cool stuff and the cool stuff that you're doing? People can find me on Twitter at the Head Knight. That's Knight with a K. You can also find me and hear my voice on Nightlight, also with a K, um, at Horror Movie Podcasts. You can also find me on Bloody Disgusting, um, sometimes Fangoria. Uh, gosh, you could find me on probably every horror sector. <laughs> but yeah, you could definitely find me that way. That's awesome. awesome. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you, buddy. This has been great. Oh, thank so. you all so much. This has been a blast. Awesome. And Caesar, thanks again for coming and joining us today, buddy. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Caesar Towers on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I'll, well, yeah, sure, TikTok, whatever. What was your AOL again? We forgot. You can find me on YouTube. Uh, look up for patch notes. Uh, linktr.ee slash patch notes. You'll find this on YouTube and podcast services. It's a video game news show where we give you all the video game news you need to know about that happened in the week in 15 minutes or less. It's been like, what, eight minutes now? This week's is eight like, minutes. 
because yeah, I'm so. editing it now. Nah. She she's the editor. I'm the editor. Uh, yeah. She's the editor. So. I don't just randomly know that. <laughs> that sounds great. She knows One convenient editor. place. You know, we can get all the gaming news. That's amazing. Yeah, Love so it. many so many Ooh. different news. Um, a lot of talk of what was it, Discord and other things. Yes. So yeah, check Discord it out. Discord and other Very things. Very exciting. Nice. Well, thanks again, buddy. And Phil, where can people find you, buddy? You can find me at Phil J Woodward on Twitter or at Philip J Woodward on Twitch. Um, that's and simplysassyvids.com. Nice, buddy. Nice. And McKenna, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Potterpants Two and Two, and then there's a link in on my bio where you can find everywhere else that I'm at because there's a number of things. <laughs> Yeah! Oh, lots of cool things. That's awesome. Thank and thanks again for producing today oh, and thank you. Um, filling in for Gage. Gage has just taken a bit of a break, so once again, please send uh, Gage some love on Twitter at gf2cool. Uh, he'll be back at some point, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. So thanks again love for filling Gage. in, Mac. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, good. Wow, everyone that has been out of our league. Wait, thanks ben, ben, who are you? Who are you? Me? People don't need to who know where I am. Who is the disembodied voice? Yeah! <laughs> I can tell you I'm who Ben is. I told you I'm just an artificial intelligence. <laughs> No, you can you can find me at twitch.tv slash please big slider where <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I stream games, play stuff. I've uh, got some cool new shows coming up soon. Uh, we have a kind of a big KFBF event coming up, but we're going to be playing some Mario Golf as well. So keep it locked to uh, twitch.tv slash please be excited for that and twitter.com slash please be excited. That's where you can find me. Oh, good. Woo-hoo. And thanks again, everyone, for an amazing show. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Woo-hoo. Have a good one.